0: on ESPN Honolulu. Well,
1: you know what happens when the Rainbow Warrior volleyball team uh, kicks butt really quickly? We end up coming on a little bit earlier, and because we come on a little bit earlier, well, Hunter Hughes isn't here. Uh, Hunter will, uh, will get in here, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure shortly until then I'm Josh Bacheco flying solo. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu coming up a little bit later. Uh, Hawaii's new defensive coordinator is uh, going to join us about four 30 this afternoon. So uh, we'll get a chance to, uh, uh, to chat with uh, Dennis Thurman coming up a little bit later on. We've got basketball tickets to give away uh, later on in the show as well. So we got plenty to do. Obviously, One of the things, and if you listen to the radio or if you just go on Twitter or X or whatever it is, you know, a lot of people are talking about Rainbow Warrior basketball from last night and what was uh, on a season in which there has been some really, really rough rough losses that last night's loss to uh, to UC Santa Barbara, the defending co-champ in the conference, and a team that has recently kind of found itself winning four of its last five. Last night's loss was another one in just kind of a small string of games that has had the fan base just talking and venting their frustrations over what they saw from this Hawaii basketball team. And it was, frankly, it was not a good day in general. It was the day that Hawaii officially announced that more sec, uh, was done for the year with a torn left ACL, uh, Hawaii with a third different starting five in the last three games. Uh, Jovan McClanahan was, uh, w- was under the weather, uh, made it through, uh, he was cleared to go and did play and did struggle in this game, but ultimately, uh, Hawaii just found itself out of the game shortly after putting itself in it. And I think that's what a lot of people are kind of sitting on today, right? Hawaii finds itself in a 7-2 advantage. It looks like after a a really tough road trip in in which you get swept and at times get swept badly uh, by teams like Long Beach State and UC San Diego that you come out at home, you try to give that inspiring start, you're up by five early and you're thinking, all right, um, this is going somewhere. This team has kind of found itself. This team has found what it needs to kind of fix these problems early. And then, well, you see the game just kind of go out of reach. Hawaii had given up what was, what, a uh, 20, oof. It was a 28, uh, if, I, if my math is correct. It was a 26-0 run. I'm looking at a whole bunch of numbers on my screen because the numbers just kind of jumble together when you think about what happened. It was a 26 nothing run that UC Santa Barbara went on. They were on. They were up 28 to, uh, to seven at one point. Hawaii had not scored for about ten and a half minutes. Just about Hawaii was out of it, and you know, and and, and I've heard. And, and I've watched their Ron Gannad interviews, and, and and I listened to him talk with Bobby and Derek yesterday, and everybody's talked about, okay, it was a, it was a good end of the half. It was a, a better showing in the second half. A, a lot of those things are true, but they are all negated when you have those really good showings, and they don't really account for anything because, you know, they were they better showings? Yes. But at the same time... Um, did UC Santa Barbara counter some of what Hawaii would put together when Hawaii started to shoot the basketball well because at one point they were 1 of 18 uh, from the floor? Yeah. I mean, all of that stuff was counteracted by UC Santa Barbara uh, finding ways to score, and that makes it really hard. We have to remember, UC Santa Barbara is better than its record um I, I think that has to be made uh, abundantly clear uc santa barbara is much better than its record and sometimes in, in the big west conference that can be uh, a a little tough to uh, you know take in and that's why there is i, I don't want to say there's there's vitriol i don't i don't want to necessarily say that there is um you know anger I think it's more of frustration. It's more of disappointment. It's more along the lines of what can be done. And I was reminded of something, because I forgot about the standings, Hunter. I I was reminded of something that Tanner put up on Twitter, because I hadn't looked at the standings. Yeah. Um, I knew what the standings were. I hadn't looked at it specifically. But if the season ended today, Hawaii doesn't make the postseason.
2: We bumped, we bumped down a spot. We'd
1: be bumped out. Hawaii would be the first team out because... Um, yeah. Cal We're 11
2: State. out of 12 right now.
1: Right. And I I think that hits wow. for a lot of people. So, I, I mean... And
2: the 17-point differential at home. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. It, it wasn't a, a shot or two. No. That's almost a quarter of basketball.
1: Well, I mean, Hawaii was out of the game... Hawaii, Hawaii was out of it before the first half even ended. You know, when that 26 nothing run happens and you can't go on a run of your own, Hawaii was never back in single digits at that point. It was still down 16, down 18, down 20, um, you know, because you would score. UC Santa Barbara's got a three to come back in it. You get a a steal in a fast break bucket. You see Santa Barbara is able to push it inside and score a whole bunch of paint points that we rarely ever see on this Hawaii team. I I think there are people in panic mode and I see it in the text messages. I've seen it in the phone calls that have been coming in here all day. Panic mode is real partner. Hmm. Nobody expected this. Nobody wants to see it. Nobody expects 2,700 people in the crowd for, a conference game against a really good opponent, granted it's a Thursday night, but that doesn't matter. This is becoming real for people really fast. Mm-hmm. And there is not a lot of time to figure to figure out how to fix it. And we'll get to you guys on the phones here in a second. There's not a lot of time to figure out how to fix it before the season. You know, we haven't even hit the midway point. And that doesn't matter. It feels like, the playoffs are now.
2: The, uh, the the paint points that you mentioned, how much of that could you attribute to the loss of Moore? I don't think much of it contributes to more SEC because okay. a lot of that is, I mean, oh, well, maybe
1: some. I mean, you don't have somebody off the bench coming to, you know, with the same abilities as more SEC. And the same size. Yeah, but some of that was happening early. Okay. Um, there were some easy buckets given up early in the paint. And once UC Santa Barbara started to get some of those going, it was becoming worrisome because they were starting to find their way in the paint. Then they'll uh, do that
2: every every possession.
1: Exactly. Uh, let's say hi to Paul here at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Paul, how are you? Uh,
0: hey boys. Hi. Hi Josh. How you doing? Good. Uh, Hunter, you you good uh, getting in there? You all we're, right?
2: Yeah, we're good, Paul. Thank you for reminding okay. me. Yeah.
0: Okay. And then um, you know what? Uh, uh, I'm mad. <laughs> anyway, so I have one question. Well, I have two. In questions for The
2: first one is: Even though you guys don't have letter,
1: I wish I could understand Paul's question. The question but his phone the build, is cutting. I oh, know
2: the buildup was was effective.
1: Yes.
0: Oh,
2: uh, based on what you know,
0: what well, knowledge of uh, own life and history, if you're an athletic director, what would you tell? Aaron I'm not an advocate for firing or anything like that. What would you tell him at this point? And then Hunter, my additional question for you is, when you are playing football, what was your relationship, the, what was the team's relationship and or your relationship with the basketball team, the Holy basketball team? And I'll leave this you. Yeah, Before his Thanks, phone Paul. just
1: completely, yeah. you know, cuts out there. Thank you, Paul. Um, let's start. Well, I'll start with the
2: second question because I don't know if there's much of an answer to that. Um And if you couldn't understand, I'm pretty sure the question was what sort of relationship did I, as a member of the football team, have with members of the basketball Mm -hmm. team? Well, uh, I like to tell people University of Hawaii is kind of like a high school uh, whenever you're down in the athletics department because... It's not super big. Everybody shares the exact same um, student athlete uh, student section uh, called the Nagatani Center. And right. so you have a lot of run in with other athletes from different sports. And so we all root for each other. And we, we, we do know each other to um, the extent that our schedules allow us. Um, but we, we definitely know each other and, and are aware.
1: Now, on, on the uh, what, would, what would you say if you're Craig Angelis to Iran Gennad? Whew. One, it's a I don't. I mean, question. I
0: don't.
1: Look, the athletic director can't tell Iran cannot what to do. It's not like you know Craig Angelus can go in and be like, "Hey, this is what you need to do to fix it." Um, but what I think you can do if you're an athletic director in this situation, and it would, to me, it's it's any athletic director goes in and says, "Hey, here's here's the facts." Yep, the facts are. Men's basketball drew 2,700 against a quality opponent with a potential first-round NBA draft pick in A.J. Mitchell. Here are the facts. Hawaii men's basketball may be a program, and I was just having this conversation with someone earlier, may be a program that ends up being fifth in attendance. Think this—that's the main fact because you—you you, you know your athletic director can talk X's and O's, but it's not his place. Can talk about who you're playing and all that stuff, but it's not his place. But what he can talk about is business. What yep. what are, what are the, the 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 top sports that are drawn? Football, women's volleyball, men's volleyball, and then it's a toss-up right now between baseball and basketball. basketball. But baseball has had more sellouts in the last couple of years. And than baseball's is a smaller venue yeah in terms of of seats right so i don't have the the math on me right now but it is very possible baseball could be ahead of basketball in attendance yep basketball is supposed to be your number two at any sport yep or i'm sorry any school thank you yep it should be football one basketball two and then after that, more Whatever likely than not. Whatever your
2: school's niche is. Yeah.
1: Many times it's baseball. If it's Nebraska, then it's football one, volleyball two. Yep. And then everything else after that. You cannot have what is supposed to be your second best sport come in, in fifth in that department. That is,
2: that's to me, that's all the an AD can say. Yeah. And I think that is the loudest thing that he could say. Um, and each athletic director does it different. We'll probably pick this up maybe mm-hmm. at another time on the show. But uh, to me, I'm sure that the athletic director has conversations with his coaches on expectations for the upcoming season. Yeah. So that they have something to go off of, and then kind of evaluate it from there. Coming up, we got Sports Center. We'll pick this up later. Devo's back. That's next.
0: Now, from the PAXA Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes.
3: Another thing, bro, listen, don't be friendly when you see me, cause you be so flashy. You better hope, well, you better hope all that talking you be doing when we see y'all, whatever round it may be, cause I can guard you. You can't run routes. You're a running back. You're a running back. I ain't gonna sit here and play with you, little boy because you got a little bag, people gave you a little clout. Man, you ain't nothing, bro. Stop playing.
0: Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu.
1: That goes back to October. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, safety for the Detroit Lions, with the message for Debo Samuel. And now, here we are. Lions-Niners for the NFC title uh, coming up tomorrow uh, I'm sorry Sunday that's gonna be on our sister station CBS 1500, which makes things uh, a little juicier. We'll get back to men's basketball coming up uh in about 15 minutes. We' got a bunch of your text so we'll we'll bring that back into the conversation. But the big news today Hunter is that uh Debo Samuels off the injury report, he will play. so the shoulder seems to be fine. How much does that change your confidence level? if if any on whether the Niners win on Sunday
2: um to me i feel like this singularly might be the one piece that gives the Niners a noticeable competitive edge for this matchup but before then it kind of felt a little bit more evenly matched than take the AFC championship game, which I think that one is Baltimore's to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, without Debo um, Samuel on the, the uh, San Francisco 49ers, there's a lot more pressure put on Christian McCaffrey to go out there and do something. There's a lot more pressure on Brock Purdy to uh, try to fit something in somewhere else. But if you have an even spread across the board, if you will, of threats... Hmm. That that puts the possibility of them putting up good offensive production numbers in a very real reality. Coming into today, yeah, I felt pretty good that Detroit would win. Hmm. Um,
1: and and I'm not a this has no fandom or anything. Um, I love the Detroit story. Yep, and. I, I really like the idea that Detroit goes in and and pulls it out. I think, honestly, I think Detroit's playing better football right now. Um, if I'm looking at, at matchups, I'm strictly looking at the QB position in the postseason and maybe even the last month of the year. Goff. Goff's played better than Purdy. I see a few weaknesses in the Niners' um, you know, secondary. I see weaknesses in the Lions' defense as well. Sure. Um, but I came in feeling very confident that Detroit can win this game. So when I hear the Debo news about what twelve thirty one o'clock ish or so, I can't remember the time. Yeah, honestly, it didn't change my confidence all that much. Really, I, I still Debo's going to make an impact. I feel like this game is gonna be one of those like thirty-one twenty-seven games or thirty-one thirty. We're gonna get some offensive fireworks at a game like this, but I still I still like Detroit on the road to continue the kind of magic they've put out there. I think Debo's gonna be good, but Brock Purdy may be the guy that is okay and that makes the difference. So I still have Detroit winning uh, on Sunday, even with Debo in there.
2: Mm. Yeah, I, I think this game is really going to come down to the opposing um, penetrations from both uh, opposing defensive lines. Because whoever can rush the other quarterback more, I think is probably going to be in a better position to win. If you... Can allow Hutchinson to do his thing, which I, I I'm pretty sure he led. He, the, he led the league in um and uh, pass ru- uh, n- not rushes. Um, QB hurries that that's the word. Uh, he led the league in QB hurries, and Bosa was shortly behind him over on the Niners. So I think we're gonna see that at play um, much more than maybe just sitting back and uh, li- li- like. As opposed to a matchup with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills from last week where it almost felt like both quarterbacks could drop back freely, make something happen with their feet, or let it fly. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not going to have that freestyle of a passing attack from either of these teams? Yeah, I, um, my, my concerns
1: with San Francisco are twofold. I mentioned uh, you know, the defensive secondary I think is one. I, I, I fear the linebacking core. I fear the defensive line. Um, but it's the secondary that I think is the weak spot and the way Detroit can throw the football around. Um, I, I think that can be exploited a little bit. But the other one is San Francisco's offensive line. And they have been battered in the last month or so. I I feel like San Francisco's um run blocking specifically, because this does affect how you use Debo Samuel. This does affect how effective Christian McCaffrey can be. Um, this is as vulnerable as the Niners have been in years, and this is, I mean, their third consecutive year in the NFC Championship game. Um I would say. Outside of last year's team, when they didn't have a quarterback throughout most of that NFC Championship game, throw that one out. Yeah, um,
2: yeah. This M- is McCaff- probably th-
1: McCaffrey was
2: doing Wildcat.
1: Yes, he was all game. Yeah. Um. Well, most most of it. Um. This is this team is worse than the team from a couple of years ago, and that was with Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, I mean, I look at coaching. Dan Campbell is coached the heck out of that team yeah and so i i i really do like the idea that detroit can go in there and just kind of kind of stun everybody um i don't think it means anything for the niners necessarily i i heard you and tanner talking yesterday about who's playing with what you know who's playing with house money who's got a lot to prove who doesn't have a lot to prove i mean detroit is the team that has literally zero to prove they've
2: proven everything
1: yes um all they have to prove, actually,
2: to win is... To win the NFC North, to me, is everything. Mm-hmm. To take that from the Vikings or the Packers, Detroit has been the far distant afterthought in that division for the majority of our lifetimes. Yes. Yes. This, a, a win cements
1: the Lions as the team of now. It mm. erases any doubt you might have. Any idea that you'd keep the Vikings in that conversation or the Packers in that conversation or if you get really, really spicy and think the Bears should be there. Um, This makes the Lions in that division the team of now, the team of the decade, that it is theirs to win for the next few years because you're going to cement yourself with some of those pieces for at least the next two, at least the next three. One game can mean that much. And so... I catch myself when we say, yeah, they've got nothing to play for. There's nothing to prove. But really, I mean, their future, I think, has a, a lot riding on,
2: on, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Well, to that, to that uh, statement, I have a question. Oh, okay. If the Niners aren't able to get it done this weekend, okay, if they lose the NFC Championship game and the Lions go on to, uh, to the Super Bowl, are there questions about Kyle Shanahan? No. So he is not in the same category as a McDermott, where he can consistently get them right up until the point, but can't get them through. I think the
1: difference between the two, um, Kyle Shanahan hasn't had to let anybody go um, mm. in the last few years. I mean, McDermott had to let go of Ken Dorsey this year for the offense to, to kind of, you know, build it up. Um, the Niners have gotten to the NFC championship game for three consecutive years. The bills haven't bills were short of that this year. The bills are in a much easier division, um, than the Niners are, um, you know, the Niners have the Rams to contend with. I know the bills had the dolphins, but it's, I mean, the bills have won it four consecutive years. Um, I feel like the Bills' window opened up a little bit more, but it still has been kind of closing. The Niners' window seems infinite. Mm. And it's been better when it's had Debo in there and, and when they got Christian McCaffrey from Carolina. Yeah. I don't think there's any questions to me on on Shanahan. The question wouldn't be on him. I think the question would be on Purdy. And while I don't think it's entirely fair, you don't go in as a number one seed, Um you don't go in with a lot of people talking about positively and negatively your quarterback and walk out with a loss saying, Oh, we were fine. We just lost to a better team.
2: So you, you bring up an interesting point about Purdy because he finds himself in a very, very rare set of circumstances that few second year quarterbacks are ever faced with because It's it's, honestly, it's eerily similar to Brady. Eerily similar, where he wasn't looked to to be the starter, Bledsoe goes down, and then he does well with what was given to him. Okay? If Purdy, because I'm tending to agree with you, even though I don't think that it's fair based off of his game, there's too much hype over the San Francisco 49ers that if they can't get it done this weekend, they unfortunately, again, I don't agree with this, are going to look and say, is he our guy? Is he our quarterback? Because if he can't get it done, but this team is still strong enough to make it back year after year to conference championships, you have to wonder where to start. Now, if they are in a position, if they do go on and they do compete in a championship for the Super Bowl, there's a chance that he is not only the QB of the future, but in that category towards being an all-time great quarterback it really is kind of on that needle point of one or the other. Mm -hmm. You know, we learned something, I think, in the last week
1: about Purdy's situation, and it was kind of just dropped in a story when he had said he was told that the team was going after Brady. And (laughs) he wouldn't, if Brady, if they were able to land Brady, Brady would be the starter. He'd have to sit. Um, So, I mean, you could argue, I don't know how the team feels now, but you could argue Purdy was not the Niners' guy, hmm. and I don't know if the NFC or
2: maybe they just wandered.
1: Yeah, but I think when you when you have success, when you've got a guy who uh, you know comes off the pine and plays really well, and kind of earns the opportunity to you know get more playing time, and yep. you're you know you've got a team floating floating the idea of a of a guy in his forties to be the savior of a franchise, um, you're basically told you're not the guy right now. Hmm. And it leaves you to believe that you may not be the guy later. Because if they're willing to float around Brady now, who's to say that you're not floating around another quarterback in free agency? Let's let's play hypothetical. If they were willing to float around Brady now, what if in this offseason they're saying, you know, Kirk Cousins is available. Hmm. Why don't we go after Kirk Cousins? If we can't win a Super Bowl this year, with Purdy, Samuel and and CMC then does Cousins make us better at the quarterback position and get us to a point where we do get over the hump and do win a Super Bowl. Um no. Yeah, I agree.
2: Not Cousins.
1: I agree. Um but it gives you that idea. Yeah. That that could be cuz I for all the hype on Purdy, you still have enough doubters that leave you the potential belief that there isn't enough belief in him, at least not yet, to warrant the idea of just throwing everything at him.
2: The belief in Purdy is slightly less than the belief in the team. The team as an overall unit, I think, is almost unanimous Mm -hmm. that that team should be competing for Super Bowls. For sure. You've got one of the best running backs in the entire football league you have if not one of maybe the best um off-edge pressure guys in bosa um a phenomenal defense a well-rounded offense that is kind of free from superstardom um egos They, they 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 operate more in they operate more in a, a harmonious fashion than some other teams do because they have those egos to kind of work with. That team should be competing.
1: Let's say hi to John here at 808-296-1420. John, thanks for calling in.
4: Yeah, you know, there's a love affair between Shanahan and Kirk Cousins. Yeah, that dates back to the Redskins. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he is the perfect man for their system. You know, quick release, throwing to the spots, kind of like two all kinds. Doesn't turn it over. And 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 yeah, and and he's he's a free agent, so you don't have to trade the house to get him. So it's kind of a good situation if 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 they want to get a QB, that guy is perfect for their system. He already knows the system, so it'll be plug and play. And like I can spin it, bro. He he's he's good. Say what you want about his uh, misfortunes in big games and Sunday night games. Um, I think he is a step up from Purdy.
0: He's and a good guy too.
4: And 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 the thing about Purdy is he's good, but there's a window. So if the window, if they can't win it this year, maybe that window is really tight next year. So it's kind of going to go all in on somebody by next year. So we'll see. You guys have a good one.
1: John, thanks for calling in. in. Appreciate you listening. Um, yeah, I mean, cousins is smart. Yeah, and and honestly, cousins is much more highly regarded now than he was a couple of years ago. I think he really kind of elevated himself and his presence after Washington, his time in Minnesota, I think was really good for him. He did have some really good talent talent around him. So I think you give cousins credit on that end. Um, but I, I do think the NFC championship will ask a lot of questions. Purdy getting you to the super bowl says Purdy is big enough to, to succeed in the moment. If Purdy doesn't look good in the NFC Championship game, you know what will be talked about on first uh, on first. I was about to say first break, <laughs> uh, or first bake, actually. Um, first take. <laughs> first take with a T with Stephen A. A um, <laughs> is Purdy the man to meet the moment if he plays an okay or average or below par NFC Championship game mm. for for star talent. um, you got to have a quarterback that matches that. So, I mean, we'll find out. Uh, of course, that game's Sunday. You can hear that on CBS 1500, the AFC championship game right here on ESPN Honolulu. we got traffic here. We'll get back to men's basketball. I see a bunch of your texts. It's been the hot topic all day. Uh, we've got men's basketball tickets to give away to the Cal Poly game tomorrow night. So we are loaded with stuff here on this Friday. You're listening to Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, really excited. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we've got Hawaii's new uh, defensive coordinator, uh, Dennis Thurman, joining us here on ESPN Honolulu. Happy to have him on the program. Uh, We were talking about Brock Purdy uh, a little while ago. Our Zephyr Insurance text line has been on that. Uh, Texter from the 258 says uh, on Purdy, he makes 800K next year. He will be the starter no matter what. Teams have to take advantage of the players on their rookie contracts to sign players to key spots. Cousins will cost $30 million that they will use to resign IUC. I disagree with that. If you're a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. You're trying to win now. Yeah, and if you haven't won one in this stretch where you've seen the Chiefs kind of dominate that, you're going to spend the money. Um, if you find out that Purdy is not your guy, yeah, you're spending money to make sure you've got the guy to change your fortune. So um, just because he's on a rookie contract doesn't make him like safe
2: or solidified in his job, I don't believe. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think that the Niners are one of those aggressive franchises that they're willing to do whatever it takes and to an extent pay whatever it takes to try to win now. One more here
1: from uh, the
2: 347, kind of going
1: along the lines of something you were talking about, Hunter. says, uh, Aiden Hutchinson will press Purdy and get him off his game, uh, in his opinion. By the way, also says, H1 West beginning at the airport is a mess.
2: That's what I just fought through. Oh, really? Yep. So you know. I do know. Yeah. That's why I was late. Um, well, I, I didn't blame you. Yep. I
1: blamed men's volleyball for beating a you. team in an hour and 20 minutes, which makes it really hard <laughs> That's to be beat like – yeah it was it was bad. you were here on time yesterday, so I mean, it's not like you you didn't know. yeah. Um, yeah, credit to men's volleyball for their uh, for their win earlier today. uh, men's basketball, something we were talking about a little while ago, and we'll we'll continue it throughout the show. This is from the seven two one. Josh and Hunter, you can see the trajectory of the program uh going down. I think Coach Gannat has reached his ceiling. Coach Trapp got 20 years and went to a regional three or four times. Cannot be repeated. Um, The trajectory of the program based on this year, it's, how how do I put it? The trajectory was supposed to be going up Hmm. based on the expectations. The trajectory that you kind of pay attention to is what are you doing in the conference tournament? This team has had too many one and duns. Um, This season has kind of exacerbated some of those issues because you may be in a position where you're forced to be in a one and done if you're finding yourself, uh, you know, making it into the back end of the tournament. And um, the crowd, I I think to me, where I see the trajectory, the crowd is telling you the trajectory. The thing with with Mike Trapasso was, yeah, he went to a regional three or four times. Um, Iran Gonadas had one NCAA tournament appearance, but Mike Trapasso didn't see failing crowds because when you had good opponents, people were still going and people were, I mean, Hawaii baseball is loved by so many people. So I, I, I think that's a little bit different. We'll get traffic here. We get Hawaii's new defensive coordinator next. Man, so many headlines. And usually Fridays aren't huge Fridays. But so many headlines today. Luka Doncic, you just heard from uh, from K-Dub. 73 points. Putting him in, what, top three uh, when it comes to uh, scoring marks, individual game scoring marks in the NBA. We had a Karl-Anthony Towns moment tonight. Devin Booker scores 62 in a loss. Uh, Vince McMahon... Resigning from WWE, there are some really nasty uh, allegations. That's a no. Um, the thing about that is he resigns while there is a WWE live event on, on a television, which is uh, incredibly awkward. And uh, plenty that a lot of people are talking about on University of Hawaii men's basketball. We'll go back there uh, coming up in just a little while. All of our guests appear courtesy of our hotline. Happy to have the new defensive coordinator at the University of Hawaii, Dennis Thurman, uh, joining us now here on our program. Coach, we appreciate you being with us. It's um, it's certainly interesting because spring ball starts on Monday. Um, you're just kind of getting into the mix. How do you find your way to acclimate so quickly with spring ball on Monday, getting to know the guys you're going to be working with? Uh, how do you find yourself in that position and how to work through it?
3: Well, first of all I'd like to thank you guys for having me and uh it's nice to be in this beautiful city. <laughs> it's a, it's, it is a wonderful, wonderful place. Um now to answer your question, uh it's not the first time that uh that I found myself in a situation like this. I mean, uh several years ago going to Jackson uh, <clears throat> Jackson State with uh with Dion and, and his staff. Uh we actually got started in uh in December, middle of December and it was during the pandemic that we ended up having a spring season and we played seven games. So uh it, it's it's tough. I'm not gonna say it's it's not it's tough but it's doable uh rather than go a lot of a lot of coaches a lot of uh coordinators tend to go uh whole part whole in their teaching uh it forces you to go part 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 so you're 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 putting in two or three things uh at a time as opposed to you know throwing your whole playbook at them and then seeing what they can grasp and what they can maintain and hold on to, and then you start to uh, take things out and because you know exactly who you have and what you have, what what the approach is to just, hey, take our time, put two or three things in and see how they respond to those and then add another two or three things and see how they respond to those. And so we're going part, part parts with partial uh, teaching as opposed to whole teaching. I'm glad
1: you mentioned, um, you know, that pandemic situation you were in there at Jackson State, which um, gives you the opportunity to kind of work off of that. Although the, the difference, you're going into live games with that spring season here, you're going into a a spring game. But on, on that note too, how much are you are you able to kind of impart on that to you know some of the other members of of this staff? You are a veteran coach. You you come in bringing a heck of a lot of experience to this staff, which can be so crucial. Do you think that helps you help the rest of the staff kind of take some of what you're talking about and impart that into how, um, you know, how they work through this?
3: Well, one of the first, uh, you know, conversations I had with the staff, and it's a good staff, by the way, that, uh, you know, Coach Chang has put together. Uh, I it, it is to let them know, that it doesn't matter, and and what I mean by that is we're all in it together. I'm not I'm not here just because I do have experience, and this is not my first uh, coordinator's job, and that I've coached in the NFL. Those things I don't want them to matter to this coaching staff. I, I want them to understand that we're all in this together. Uh, their ideas, their thoughts, bring them to me. I have experienced I yes I have. Do I know everything? No I don't. Uh I'm an, I consider myself to have to be more of an expert on pass defense, uh teaching defensive backs, working with defensive backs. Uh I'm looking and we I believe, you know, we have great linebacker, a great linebacker coach, uh great D-line coaches and I'm looking for all of us to put this defense together, I mean, yeah, I may have the final say on certain things, but it's going to take all of us to develop a a unity and a cohesiveness that the players can follow, and it's our responsibility to lead them. And it won't just be me; it'll be it'll take all of us.
1: We're talking with Dennis Thurman, Hawaii's defensive coordinator. He joins us here on Off the Bench on ESPN,
2: Honolulu. Coach, you mentioned not needing to fully teach, but wanting to kind of incrementally or just subtly adjust the the, the defense. Just curious, from a, a schematic point of view, are you looking to just make slight improvements to what the defense was running this, this past year with a lot of the returning uh, defense coming back, or are you looking to make some overhaul in some areas?
3: No, I mean... A lot what 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 people don't understand and they they miss or they miss they misunderstand is that a lot of us are doing the same things. It's it's just what you call it that may be different, hmm. but an over front is an overfront. Okay, you have a a, a a one or a shade and a three. Okay, you can play a, a loose nine or a tight nine or or a five or a six. I, mean, I know I'm getting in the football jargon. <laughs> cover two
2: is cover two, no matter what you call there
3: it. You, there you go. I mean, and cover three is cover three. Cover yep. one is cover one. I mean, it is it is what it is. It's just how you, you the terminology you, you choose to use. But when you're watching tape and you're looking at it, you go, oh, that's cover one. Oh, that's cover three. Oh, it's. It we are all doing doing similar things, okay. Mm. It is it is when you decide to use what you use in situations based on down the distance personnel, uh, the other team's coordinator, what his tendencies are, and things like that. And one of the things I like to say is in, in coaching and teaching is that we're all creatures of habit. We're human. And we're, you have we're preferences, gonna, yeah. And we're going to do things that we're, we've been, we've had success doing. Um, and in, in the most crucial of spots, if something has worked in your past, you're probably going to go to what has worked in your past when you're under the most extreme pressure. So it is you understand that, and it's hard to go against something that you've done and had success with. Sure. So, doesn't matter what you call it, we're all pretty much doing the same things.
2: That now that's that's great. Um, I'm sure you've uh, picked up already that relationships are a really big thing uh, out here in Hawaii, as it is in a lot of football environments. But just curious, with a unit that's kind of already, for the most part, been intact, I'm just curious um, how how you've done with building relationships with guys like Logan Taylor or even Cam Stone, who are definitely leaders on that defense.
3: Well, it, you treat them all the same. Um, right now, everyone has a clean slate. And I, when I say that, everyone is going to be given an opportunity during spring practice to show what they can do. Uh, it, do we have starters? Do we have some guys that are better than others? Yes. But at, at, are they starters right now? No. Um, everyone's going to be given a chance to go out and compete. They're going to all get reps. They're all mm. gonna have an opportunity to show us what they can do. And, you know, all I've seen right now, other than watching tape from last year, is guys running around in shorts and mm. t shirts. Conditioning. And yes. And so it, it, some guys will look great doing that. But then when the pads come on, if they're not they don't look so great. Then you have others who are just the opposite. They don't look great. Run around in shorts and a t-shirt, okay. But then the pads come on, and they become different. And that's just the nature of football, because it's a game of, of of physicality. It's a brutal game. It's a violent game. I mean, I'm just gonna say it the way it is. Mm-hmm. And you you cannot play this game, okay, if you if you're timid. And some guys, it's hard to show, to show how physical you can be uh, when you're running around in shorts and a T-shirt. So it it begins to separate itself once you put that helmet on and put those shoulder pads on and you start, uh, for lack lack of a better term, you start, you know, the the bullets start flying. Uh, We'll find out who can play and, and, and who can't play.
1: Hawaii defensive coordinator Dennis Thurman joining us here. Uh, on ESPN, Honolulu, I mean, you talked about experience. You've, you've been in the NFL. You've coached at some great places in, in college. What excites you about this opportunity here at Hawaii?
3: Well, the, the beauty of, of, of being here is continuing to work with, with young people who have dreams, aspirations, goals of potentially having an opportunity to play at the next level. And so it, it's good to dream. It, it is. It's part of it. Uh, and it's good to have goals. And and you want your guys to have those goals. Well, if they're talented enough, then it's our responsibility as coaches to help them or trying to help them fulfill those, those, those thoughts, those dreams. And so we're going to pour – everything we can into them, trying to help them be the best players they can become. And first off, help us at the University of Hawaii win football games. What happens beyond that? We're going to coach them right now the same way, and I only know one way to coach. So if it's having success at the collegiate level, great. If it's having success at the professional level, great. I only know one way to coach, and that is to pour myself into the players that I coach. If I don't do that, then I am doing a disservice to them because I know what it's like to live that dream. I was one of the fortunate ones to be able to do it, and so I know what it means when players are serious and they have those same goals, dreams, and aspirations. And if that's what they have, they'll get the best that I have to give them.
1: Coach, lastly, um, you know, as you mentioned, you coached at Jackson State. You were at Colorado. Um, I, I think, and, I, and I, I say this watching college football is often, as often, as we both do here in studio, um, covering those programs and watching those programs from afar seemed very different than covering any college football program across the country. The excitement, the interest, um, all of those things, the winning that went along with it, all of those things, Seem to peak differently than you would talk about any other uh, program in the country. You were a part of that. Um, was that the same for you? Um, you know, as 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 much as you have done a lot of different, really good things in your career, how different was that for you, or did it feel different at all?
3: Uh, it was different, but that wasn't that wasn't why I was there. I I, I look I look at coaching as teaching. Yeah. There was a lot of, you know, fanfare and publicity and, you know, documentaries and things of that nature, which all those things were fine with me. Okay. But I was there to do a job and I focused on the the work. Okay. I, I didn't, I can't allow myself to get caught up in things that really don't matter. So, I'm, I stayed focused on the things that were important as far as being a defensive coordinator and making sure that we were prepared to go out and play every game the way we we're supposed to. And I, don't, I didn't have time to, 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 you know, think about what's happening over here, what's going on in this documentary, doing this interview over here. I, 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 I didn't want to be a, a part of that. It's great, okay, the publicity, from the in, from the inside out outside in it, it it was all great, you know okay, it's part of what coach likes to do, and that's part of his persona, but you could find yourself doing you know wanting to get caught up in it or not. I chose because I've been there, done that when you play for the Dallas Cowboys, and when you go in the u s c you've gotten your share of publicity, you've gotten your share of television, you've gotten your interviews all those things i've I've had before. So it wasn't important to me as an individual to be a part of it. I I did my job, and that was the focus that I had and still the focus that I have now.
1: That's the kind of uh, laser focus that I think yep. excites me about uh, coach coming in here and uh, taking this opportunity with the university of Hawaii football coach Thurman. Thanks for giving us some time on this Friday. Uh, continued success for you as you uh, get into this job with spring ball starting on Monday. And we look forward to keeping in touch as uh, we go throughout spring and into the uh, start of the year. All right, gentlemen, I appreciate you having me. All appreciate right. you coach Dennis Thurman, Hawaii, uh, defensive coordinator just announced as a, uh, a new member of Hawaii staff last week. I'm curious from, from your perspective, Hunter. Um, I, I liked that answer that, um, that he had as far as, you know, going through that Jackson state and, and Colorado programs and yep. all of the, the hype and fanfare. And he's like, you know what, all that's you know good and all, but, um, my eyes, it's almost like tunnel vision, right? My eyes are forward into what I am here to do. And, that's a perfect kind of person to have here, right? Totally. Someone who knows that and can be that as part of the staff.
2: Yeah, and let's call a spade a spade. It was Dion's job to bring primetime. <laughs> right. It was Dion's job to bring the lights, the, the glamour, the, the attention on an otherwise insignificant school like Colorado where two seasons ago we didn't care at all what the the Buffaloes were doing because they didn't they didn't deserve our attention but look at how that can just shift on a dime um and that that's a little bit you know it's enlightening as well that not everything is a spectacle that you know supporting staff coaches like himself still needed to get the job done and get that team ready to win football games uh, we'll talk more
1: about Hawaii football as we get into spring. Uh, spring ball coming up on Monday. Uh, ESPN Honolulu, brought to you by Pigskin Picks. You can play along with us uh, at our website, the Playoff Edition of Pigskin Picks at ESPNHonolulu.com. Brought to you by M Dyer Global and by Young's Fish Market. Uh, we got basketball tickets to give away. I know a lot of people are talking about this men's basketball program, so uh, let's uh, let's let's give away two tickets to Hawaii and Cal Poly. Coming up tomorrow night at 7 from Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. We'll do caller number 4 right here at 808-296-1420. They'll score tickets to tomorrow night's, um, let's let's call it what it is, it's a must-have, must-have for the Rainbow Warriors. So caller number 4 is going to score those tickets. We'll get back to the uh, Zephyr Insurance text line coming up on the other side of this message. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu Traffic in 20 seconds. Hey, Call the Coach coming up uh, Tuesday night with Rainbow Warrior volleyball coach Charlie Wade, uh, a day after getting off the plane from what is uh, right now a successful road trip. uh, Two wins against Purdue-Fort Wayne here in the last couple of nights. Uh, They've got a match coming up on Sunday. Call the Coach Tuesday night, 6.30 p.m., Ruby Tuesday at the Moanalua Shopping Center. Check it out right here on ESPN Honolulu. Mark in town is going to check out men's basketball tomorrow night. Between the bows and the stangs of uh, Cal Poly, the Mustangs. Sometimes it just sounds cool to shorten it. Um, he'll check that game out or that, uh, yeah, that game tomorrow night. Uh, we got one more pair of tickets we'll give away next hour for uh, men's basketball. Texter from the 291, I don't know the answer to this. I don't know if you know the answer to it. I don't know if anybody UH is listening, if they even know the answer to it. Um but uh, this texter asks, any chance the Warriors go back to the dark green, nearly black-colored helmets like the ones used during
2: Coach June Jones's tenure? Mm. Yeah, tough to say. They've made that shift to black helmets uh, kind of late in the Rolo era. Tough to, tough to say do at ha- this moment. If, forget, will they? Probably not. If you had a feeling,
1: just a personal feeling.
2: Uh, per, right now, w- knowing what I do know about our – uh, equipment department and our, our uniforms are associated with that. The, uh, the budget only allows for one helmet right yeah. now. If so. they could, if they could, would you like it? No. Okay. <laughs> That's all I wanted. <laughs> I like the black helmets.
1: Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Um, earlier we were talking about Brock Purdy and uh, the idea that the NFC championship game could be very important for him. Maybe of, of every player on all four teams here in Championship Sunday, he has the most, just forget teams, he may have the most to gain or to lose uh, in these four games. And maybe it's something we can talk about next hour. Texter from the 258 says, if Purdy wasn't the last pick, would there be so much scrutiny about him and his
2: ability? Yeah, you and I agree on this. The answer's no, right? No. No. I, I think it's, it's the moment. I, I think it's... The the team that he's on, the pressure surrounding said team is way greater than the typical learning curve that's afforded to uh, a sophomore in the NFL. He doesn't have that same sort of luxury he's got to produce right now. At some point, we stopped talking about some of that stuff, right? I mean,
1: he erased it last year. Yeah. When at what point did we stop talking about Tom Brady as being someone who was drafted in the seventh round? It became one of like a fairy tale thing about, oh, you could go from a seventh round pick to, you know, a guy who looks like slim and can barely, like, you know, his clothes are like, you know, way too big for him to all of a sudden being one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Like that becomes like storybook stuff, hmm. not what we grade you by because. How often do we judge, how often do we talk about players when you get on the floor and you're doing pretty well, but you're kind of like teetering? If you're an undrafted free agent, are we judging you on your time on the on the field, whether you're an undrafted free agent or not? No, we're judging you by performance because at some point all that stuff goes away. The only reason it matters is your contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. You made a good point. Like, this was gone. I didn't even think about it at the start of this year, right? And think about it even like 30 minutes ago before I saw the text. Um, you got to play up to the standard of what a championship football team needs to play to. And I think that's uh, that's what is going to be asked of him because we know, um, I think you and I are in agreement on this. Christian McCaffrey, no one doubts. Yep. Debo Samuel, no one doubts. Just his health, but no one doubts. Brandon Ayuk, no one doubts. Purdy's the one that on Monday, if uh if you watch Get Up, if you watch First Take, if you watch NFL Live, it will be Purdy who will probably be the number one story uh or you know the number one highlight of each of those shows, whether he is all world or he's all bad, one of those. Um, we'll turn to the AFC side coming up uh, on the other side of Sports Center and traffic. You're listening to Off the Bench
0: now from the PAXA Studios in downtown Honolulu. Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. I
3: don't feel that Lamar feels pressure, and it's just certain people encounter certain moments in their lives where they're like in their flow state. It's their time, you know, and I feel like that's it's eight's time. You could just see it in his eyes. You could feel it in his aura, his energy. He's solid, man. He's locked in. Off
0: the bench on ESPN Honolulu.
1: Odell Beckham Jr. That's my quarterback.
2: Pulling a a, a TO. Um
1: yeah. Without the tears. Yeah, yeah. Without the tears and without <laughs> That's without the drama. It's my quarterback, man. Yeah. Odell, now that he's a little older. He's a little wiser. It's not as much about him anymore. And he's able to give praise to his quarterback. It is kind of refreshing to see Odell Beckham Jr. wants to play in a Super Bowl. And uh, in order to do that, he's got to be Lamar Jackson's best friend. And uh, yeah, I was uh, kind of interested in in hearing that from, uh, from Odell Beckham Jr. Because when he says it's Lamar's time, I I know that there are still people and you guys talked about it yesterday. Yeah. You know, there are still people who don't know that Lamar Jackson can meet this moment, which I feel is kind of crazy personally. Um, but I think it's a reminder that locker room and a veteran, of Odell Beckham Jr. Who, if, if he can't work with you, he'll make it known. He can't work with you. Um, that locker room is all behind number eight hmm. and that feels like it's all you need to know uh, going into a an AFC championship game where the Baltimore Ravens have the Kansas City Chiefs right where they want them and they've got a quarterback in a scheme that may be very much perfect um to go up against uh, uh you know what the Kansas City Chiefs will bring
2: yeah and it's not just the locker room. I I actually feel like a great deal of America is kind of rooting for Baltimore. Really? Yeah. Um there's Is this is this the whole the Chiefs are annoying thing? Uh it's not just the Chiefs. It's some of the extra stuff. Oh. So I am a little bit more on the um you're on America's side. Is that no, what you're no, no. saying? No, I, oh, okay. I, I was going to okay. say I'm a little bit more on the social media craze side of things than probably you are. Um, and so I'm just going to share what it's kind of out there. Gotcha. Because okay. okay. it's, it's, it's very relevant. Um, since the quarterback documentary has come out, there is somewhat of an annoyance around Mahomes, around his wife, and his brother
0: mm-hmm.
2: for good reason they're okay. they're a little bit uh let's just say they're 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 loud and they're proud okay. that they're affiliated with Patrick Mahomes and they don't care who they they let people know about it. And along with that, the more that he wins, the more they keep that narrative going. Mm-hmm. Now throw in the same skybox Taylor Swift. <laughs> and every excuse in the world for um network television every time the chiefs are on they flash up to that same press box or sorry excuse me skybox yeah there is a trend going around right now to show Mahomes' wife his brother very excited and then the video quickly shifts and you've got lamar jackson and it the the caption reads our last hope <laughs> and so I'm throwing it out there. it I don't think that the chiefs are quite like the Patriots in in dislikability just yet um they're not even close to as controversial right. as as what the Patriots were, let's say eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there is definitely more of a you know what. Lamar deserves a chance here. Lamar deserves his um, time in the sun, and there, you know, with Odell Beckham Jr., with uh, John Harbaugh, um, with this this defense that's surprisingly really good. There seems to be a bit of a, a national rooting for Baltimore right now because, well, the Chiefs have been there a ton.
1: Yeah, they have. Um, they've been in the AFC championship game with the last six years, every year that Patrick Mahomes Which has been a, a starting quarterback. And this is the first time that they're going to be playing in that AFC championship game uh, away from uh, a G field uh, at Arrowhead. And that is that that's certainly remarkable. Um, yeah, you're right. I don't follow that same social media hype stuff. The only thing that I really care about out of the whole, you know, Brittany Mahomes and Jackson Mahomes, the only the only thing I really care about is Jackson Mahomes g- has gotten himself into trouble with the law. Yes. Um, that's annoying, and that's really the only thing that I kind of would say that's a turnoff to me. Um, but you know what? Yeah. Um, if if you you know what if if you're proud and you've got a platform to show it off whatever it's up to me to decide whether i want to follow it or not so uh, yeah i I might not be along those lines of of some of those people who kind of get annoyed because i will say um i don't lump that with with uh with patrick mm. i guess it's because i'm also not on tiktok and, sure <laughs> you know um I'm not where the cool people are. I'm on X, which allegedly people are running away from. Mm. It's like Facebook. Facebook is all for the old people now, allegedly. Mm. Although I post like once every like month or do you, something. Do you
2: still do statuses, Josh? Do you post a status? Do I still do status? What are statuses? Do you remember statuses, Facebook? No. So you, you post your status. So you say, oh. uh, headed to the grocery store. Running low on uh, Skittles-flavored C4 uh, energy drinks. <laughs> Be back home to catch this AFC matchup. Can't wait. It has been probably like remember many,
1: many years ago yeah. uh, since I've done that. Mm-hmm. Or one of those where it's like feeling blessed. Exactly. Exactly. Wow, what a great weekend it, with it, the family. Yeah, and then it puts like an emoji next to it or something. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, that I don't do.
1: Yeah. Now it's now it's more. Now, now
2: everyone realizes, eh, no one cares.
1: Yeah. Now it's more of, um, it's more of a uh, a work thing. So now it's like, sure. okay, if I'm going to broadcast a game, it's now a place where I post like a picture of where I'm broadcasting a game from. Um, so like last week I had a picture of the pyramid, and I had a picture of uh, of Lion Tree Arena. Next week I'll have a picture of Titan Gym and uh, sure. the Brent Event Center. Um, I but will. I, I will show one complaint on pictures, <laughs> and this is this is like progressive insurance level, um, type complaint. You know those commercials, right? Where yes. you've got the guys like, "Don't be like your parents." Mm-hmm. If you're going to post pictures on your Facebook, we don't need to see sixty-five of them. Give us like your best five. Yep, we don't need the whole album. And if you have If there's a reason to give 60, they probably should go to, like, particular people. And if that's the case, just email them directly to those people. You probably have their emails, I'm sure. If not, you could text it to those people in, like, maybe a batch of, like, 10 different texts. Yeah. But I don't need, like, okay, box here of a picture, box here of a picture, box here, box here, box here. And then you see the next box. Plus 63. Yeah. Like I am not clicking on plus sixty three to go to your entire album.
2: No, our uh, our our parents' generation is just a couple years behind in in social media um, adaptness, which, which is fine. <laughs> yeah. w- w- welcome to the club. Yeah. We're we're happy to have you. We're happy to help you too. We're happy to help you. And you you mentioned it's much more related to work. If I didn't have social media I would not know what's going on mm. with with the sports world to to be able to do this job right now the majority of sports news is broken over Twitter yeah it's broken over X Excuse or
1: uh, if you have apps you just get those alerts and you follow those or you have a TV on in your studio you just watch them all the time mm-hmm. um, I will say just on that whole you know don't be like your parents thing the progressive insurance commercial that came out recently yeah. um, the one toward the end where the woman's like um used tubs of butter are uh, are not for leftovers oh. and she and she's got all these tubs they're 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 not they're they're used for butter not for leftovers and she's got these empty tubs and the guy's like now this is a development and she's going to yeah, throw yeah. those away like someone who gets it right
2: yeah
0: because
1: I remember my grandparents used to use those old country crop big tubs of butter for leftover pasta
2: the one the one that made me laugh was, they're in the grocery store, and it's like the last little clip. The dad walks to the manager and he goes, "Brittany L4, really helpful. <laughs> that, one, that one Oh, that one made me laugh really hard. <laughs> Brittany L4, really helpful." Or the one that... my, my dad would do something like
4: that.
1: Or the one that the the place where it's like you build your own salad bar or something like and, oh, and yeah. the guy toward and the lady toward the end is like, that'll be $19 in such and such
2: sense. And he's like, oh, I'm only I'm I'm only buying one. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, th- that other I think the, the other one that was really good. W- whenever you print off a receipt and f- from the Internet and you've printed off like Twelve pages. Yes, and then they ask what that is. He's like, "We don't need to print the internet. It's right. still going to be there." <laughs> this
1: segment, folks, is not brought to you by Progressive. No, by the way, it but just, we're a
2: fan of those commercials. Yes, we
1: are. Um, anyway, yeah. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm not on the uh, social media side of Chiefs hate, I guess, if you will. But I, I would admit,
2: I think it's do more think, Chiefs
1: fatigue. Okay. Okay. I do admit, though, that I would love to see Lamar Jackson have the best game of his life on Sunday. Like, it has nothing to do with Patrick Mahomes. It has nothing nope. to do with fatigue because it's hard to be fatigued by watching a good team play
2: as at the level and that they have. The, uh the potential for historical greatness. Right. Because that's what you have with Mahomes. That's the one thing that, aside from him kind of reinventing the position in mm-hmm. some ways— um, if you get to watch what could be six years from now in the making, you—I want to say that I—I I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, but yeah, to what you you brought up about Lamar Jackson, that would make me really happy. Happy for him, the guy who bet on himself. I do not he, hes his own agent,
1: as far as I remember. That's right. Yeah, forgot about um, that. You know, took he took a chance on himself, and a lot know, of teams slept on him too. Yeah, and he has turned that into. I mean, this is a healthy year for him. Um, he has turned that into honestly um, a career year for him. He's going to be the MVP. Uh, there's no doubt about that, and it would be really cool to see him and John Harbaugh. I mean you know, for John Harbaugh, I, I mean, to get a you know Jim in the college football playoff national championship to get John in Super Bowl 58. I mean, how cool of a hardball storyline would that be? Hmm. That'd be pretty darn neat. Uh, there are just too many things there that say I would love to see it that, you know, tilt me toward Baltimore. However, the Chiefs are built for this. Hmm. And I would not put it past Kansas City. I know to be
2: built for this. They're scary in the playoffs. Win man. it
1: on the road.
2: Get back to the Super Bowl. It wouldn't surprise me either. The same way that the Patriots always found a way to to compete, found a way to win, found some competitive edge against the other team, and then exploit it. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid is one of those coaches, man. Do you remember way back when, when uh, the the narrative on Andy
1: Reid was he can't win the big game? Yeah, mm-hmm. with the Eagles, yeah, and then yeah. at the beginning of his time with Kansas City, very beginning. Mm. I mean, he's he's changed that around
2: so quickly. Yeah, you're you're I, I'm I'm afraid of him. If, like uh, Lamar Jackson said that I'm afraid of going against Mahomes. Mm-hmm. That that's a real fear texture from the four nine seven. It's KC versus SF for
1: Super Bowl glory, in uh, in in their words. So I guess given the prediction, Chiefs for, Chiefs win, Niners win this weekend. Uh, you get two very interesting brand names playing in Vegas for uh, for the Super Bowl. Well, that was a matchup of three years ago
2: when Mahomes came back um, in the Super Bowl.
1: I think you're right. Two or three years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Because two years ago was Rams, Rams Chiefs, yes, and they lost. Yeah, and then last year was Eagles Chiefs. Yep, and then the year before that was um, Chiefs, um, Chiefs Niners.
1: I believe so. Yeah. Uh, Texter from the seventy-one. Social media is great for sports news. I don't have to bother with it because ESPN Honolulu does it for me.
2: There you go. All right. Happy to help. That's what, we're, uh, that's what we're paid to do. Can you uh, tap us twice? Let us know that you love us. It's what you do on social media. Oh, yeah. Depending on which that's one, That's the right? like button. Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: I just tap it once.
2: Mm.
1: That's X. I don't know what you do in the other platforms. Again, yep. I, don't, I don't have TikTok China. I don't. Uh, oh, n- boy.
2: <laughs> I'm not swinging a that pitch.
1: No, that's, that's what the politics say. Yeah. I'm, I, I just stay out of it because I don't uh-huh. need it.
2: Thank you. Tanner is correcting us. Thank you, Tanner. It was Rams-Bangles. Uh, Rams-Bangles.
1: Yeah, I'm just seeing it on, on – I forgot yep. about uh, – forgot that Joe Burrow was there. How quickly we forget in a couple of years. So cool. Uh, and one more here on the uh, progressive commercial. Uh, my complaint about someone posting 65 pictures on a Facebook post. Eddie says, you don't have to look at it, as my mom would say. But I would argue, you just don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. Don't don't tempt me by showing me a couple of you know really cool photos of hey uh, I got to go to uh, such and such in Rome and I'm seeing such these cool pictures and then plus sixty <sighs> five and then all of a sudden you're tempted oh great I got to go through all sixty five now because the first couple were really good just just wait till you get to fifty seven man <laughs> put them put on the post. Uh, if you want more pictures, email me or send me a DM. How's that? Uh, it, is, uh, it is Kahala Friday. Uh, it's not just Aloha Friday here on this program. It is Kahala Friday. Uh, we all usually have our uh, Kahala shirts. We've got a couple new ones, by the way, which uh, we're really excited about. So uh, make sure you get in to the, uh, the shirt that screams Aloha. It is Kahala Uh, Make sure you check them out at one of their uh, six stores island-wide or visit uh, kahala.com. Traffic here, everybody's been talking about men's basketball. We'll get back to that coming up here in a moment after traffic. You're listening to Off the Ben, on ESPN, Honolulu. Texter from the 285, our Zephyr Insurance text line says, Don't use the word narrative anymore. Sick of hearing everyone using it. I like the word narrative, story, Ta- experience,
2: tale, saga.
1: See, we're going back to narrative.
2: <laughs> also, we this did that. With, point. We did that without a Thesaurus in front of us. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> you got me there. Tale is old as time.
1: I feel like uh, we're, we're some of these words like tale and folklore. This might have well, might as well be like Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. which uh, you know don't watch. Uh, Zephyr Insurance text line. A lot of time has been spent uh, on UH men's basketball. There was a question uh, posed to you about relationship with football players, and basketball players. So here's one, Hunter. Why haven't we seen a lot of football players attend basketball games over the years, if they know the players? And let me, before you answer that, um, I have seen Timmy Chang go to games and take football players to games, especially when Timmy first started. So uh, I don't believe this question seems to have some factual
2: grounding to it. Do you know all of the football players on the team?
1: You're asking the texter. I don't. Yeah. I
2: don't... the The answer is probably no. How do you know they're not there?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And also, maybe they had practice. <laughs> maybe they had obligations. Maybe they were lifting. Class. Again, I, I said earlier, we had as much run-in with them as our schedules would allow because they run on a completely different um, school and sports schedule than football.
1: Right. Um it's hard to be a student, athlete. It's not like you can just go anywhere, anytime. Uh, we're brought to you by Pigskin Picks. You can play along the playoff edition of Pigskin Picks. You can check it out at ESPNHonolulu.com. It's brought to you by M. Dyer Global and by Young's Fish Market. We'll finish up on men's basketball. The conversation continues after last night's loss to UC Santa Barbara. A lot of what you're saying. We'll get to your phone calls on this as well in a little bit. Uh, winning programs like volleyball. Hawaii trying to... Earn a three-match sweep on the road. They've got a match on Sunday. And then on Tuesday, uh, call the coach with Charlie Wade. Ruby Tuesday at the Moanalua Shopping Center. 6.30 p.m. Tuesday night on ESPN Honolulu. Traffic Sports Center coming up. Final words coming up in uh, just a little while. Plus uh, another pair of men's basketball tickets, Hawaii and Cal Poly. Coming up on Saturday. It's been interesting, Hunter. Uh, A lot of the reaction from last night's Hawaii loss to UC Santa Barbara is kind of a reminder of a couple of weeks ago when Hawaii lost to UC Irvine at home and how difficult of a loss that was when Hawaii offensively um, struggled against UC Irvine, although the defense kept them in that game. Um, Hawaii... I don't think struggled as much offensively for the entirety of yesterday's game, save about, what, 11 minutes in which Hawaii didn't get a basket uh, in that first half against UC Santa Barbara. Maybe the difference was Hawaii's defense couldn't get stops. And uh, I was listening to to Ron Ganat in his uh, halftime interview with uh, with Scott Robbs. Yeah. Hi, Scotty. Um, hey, Scott. From uh, Spectrum Sports. And basically said, you know, we hang our hat on defense. It was non-existent. Um, I, I don't, I don't hear people talking enough about that because offensively for as, as much as it struggled for, for a good chunk of that game, nobody's talking about how the defense you're allowing them to score. Right. Hawaii's defense in the last three games, um, allowed long beach state to be really good, you know, from beyond the three point line. Allowed UC San Diego to hit some key shots down the stretch and even kind of you know take it to them to the rim, and then here with UC Santa Barbara, where you know AJ Mitchell got some tough shots to drop. They were able to get to the rim. I I had it earlier and I kind of left it off my. Uh, oh here I have it. Um, Hawaii gave up fifty four points in the paint. That's fifty four out of seventy eight. That's basically two thirds of UC Santa Barbara's scoring. Yeah. Came in the paint and that rarely ever happens. I'm surprised because I, Hey, it's, it's like, um, it's like football. Everybody talks about the run and shoot. They talk about offense. They don't talk as much about defense, When yep. the defense is not as great. Everybody's still looking for a reason to go blame the quarterback. Um,
2: the reason why we beat air force was because we stuffed the triple option. That's right. That's right. And at the time they were the number one team in the mountain West. That's right. So, that allowed room for our offense to do what it could. Mm-hmm. And then the offense played well um, in kind. So to, to me, you you can't have one without the other. Yes. But you give up 54 points in the paint, and
1: people aren't talking enough about defense. And that's, that is the thing that, as I was thinking back to Thursday's game, is still just kind of sticking out to me is that, yeah, the offense has had its troubles. Hawaii went 5 of 25 from outside the arc in, in last night's game. Hawaii was 60% from the free throw line. The fact of the matter is, a lot of that doesn't matter because the defense didn't get a lot of stops. 54 points in the paint. UC Santa Barbara shot nearly 60% from the floor. There aren't a lot of teams that shoot 60% against Hawaii defenses. That's almost unheard of.
0: Hmm.
1: So, yeah, I'm I'm amazed at what people are focusing on as compared to what they are not focusing on. And I, and I think, Hunter, that helps to highlight tomorrow against Cal Poly because it kind of feels like, hey, uh, this defense is vulnerable. Cal Poly just played a game in which they struggled to score against Cal State Fullerton and lost. Hawaii is a team losing more sec. Um, Hawaii's trying to find an identity right now. It Mm -hmm. almost feels like Hawaii does not have an identity. And as a team, it is trying to figure itself out and is honestly a loss away from like, you know how you have that, the, 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 the staples, the red button. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was easy. You're yeah. You're, this has not been easy. I mean, you're, you're one Cal Poly lost away from hitting the panic button, like just like constantly hitting the panic button like you're on Family Feud and you're hitting the buzzer to try to buzz in first. That's what tomorrow represents, and I think fans will not be happy tomorrow unless they see some kind of dominant win against Cal Poly. Given result of last night, given what happened against UC Irvine, given you're down 22 at Long Beach State, it feels like that's what a lot of these fans want give us what you're supposed to be. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like be what, you know, you were projected to be, which was third in the big West conference and have a performance that is reflective of that because that hasn't been there in conference play. I don't, I don't know how you see it, but I, I, I feel like fans are just waiting for that breakout, which they haven't seen since December.
2: Yeah. I, um, you know, we, we have very loyal and very loving fans mm. um, to stick with this team through the downs right now and still come out and show support. I don't think we're going to dominate Cal Poly. I, I don't expect to see domination. I, I think that we'll probably beat them. But, you know, basketball is a funny sport, man. As much as those baskets that, you know, we were getting good looks during that 26-0 run um, by UC Santa Barbara, those baskets could go in all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. And we start clicking and trending in a positive direction, and then um, momentum is on our side, and we get a confidence that we can't find if it hit us in the face right now. so we really might be one game away from finding something that works and someone catching a hot hand. And we kind of ride that uh, into the second half of this season. Cause Tanner brought it up yesterday. We're only halfway in right now. Yeah. True. I mean, well, yeah, almost halfway in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think we
1: said it a couple of, you know, maybe a week ago is that you can't start like this. You can't start two and six and then take the idea that oh you know we still haven't hit the halfway point there's plenty of basketball left to go you can say that when you start 6 and 2 and not rest on your laurels because there is the chance to drop um uh, because you've given yourself a little bit of a cushion when you start 2 and 6 you don't have that there's a lot of basketball left to go when That's you true. in the standings right now are the first team out of the conference tournament that is gone Scary. it is now you play every game like your postseason life depends on it, because there is no margin of error anymore. You put yourself in a position that there is no margin of error.
2: See, and that that's where I'm worried for this team the most is the sort of mood and vibe of the players in on that team and in the locker room. you don't want despair to creep in. You, you still right. need to cultivate desire and motivation because we aren't quite halfway yet as you brought up. right? We, we need some sort of reason for going out there. And w- when things go bad, rather than harp and come down on them, the thing that I've responded to the most as an athlete across different sports is how can we make this fun again? Interesting. How can we shift it away from our lack of performance and go back down to the root of why we play basketball? You got an example of it on the football side? or uh, I have it on the golf side of things. Oh, okay, sure. Um, when you can't make a putt to save your life or you can't make a fairway, uh, hit a fairway to save your life, the, the most fun thing for me is, is messing around on, on a driving range. So hitting it as far as I possibly can, not caring about where it's going to go. Um, hitting crazy trick shots, moving the ball left to right, right to left, flop shots. Uh, if uh, a friend wants to stand in front of me and I try to flop it over him, yeah. <laughs> um, getting creative with with shots. I, you know, if, if I was a rangonad, I know this is going to sound crazy. I would have a horse competition. Okay, I would have a horse competition within the team, and m- m- like make a. A, a huge bracket, put it on a whiteboard, and have the team play each other for a practice to try to draw some sort of fun back into this environment. That also has competition. That's right, where they still have that camaraderie and something of, you know, that they care to do well in. But there there needs to be a releasing of the pressure because the more you put on it right now, the, the the more the, the, they're going to miss layups <laughs> they're mm-hmm. they're going to miss things that are easy because well hey there there's there's just too much stress here to do well at all i feel like and correct me if i'm wrong it feels like it's
1: something you can do in non-conference when it when i i it maybe it's just me it feels like it can be harder to accomplish when you get in conference play and the season's kind of coming down to the wire, and you've got like what five more weeks of of conference play, which is what ten more games, I think it is, if my math is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like it's easier to do if it's December and you're you know, you haven't gotten to conference play yet, and you've got games against like Portland or whatever. But you feel a little more pressure right now. I mean, like it, let's say you're going to the Mountain West conference play, and you start zero 2 two. Would it be harder to kind of take that mindset of hitting the reset button and doing something a little more light, then as compared to let's say you start non-conference play 0 and 3, you haven't gotten into conference play yet, um, but you you almost want to fr- you know freshen the slate and say we're 0 and 0, you know let's try to uplift this
2: team somehow like timing right? Sure, but the 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 one thing that. I would disagree with you on is that they aren't quite halfway there yet. Okay. So that there is still time on their side where they could completely turn this season around. So to that, they, there is still time on their side. And then the other argument of that is, well, if you've tried everything, you might as well say, well, we've tried everything. Mm -hmm. Let's shift this a little bit and try to at least get these guys on the, the side that, hey we we believe in them and we're 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 fighting for them let's let's not come down even harder because that doesn't always um you know create the best results text here from the 497 a
1: uh, couple of them here uh, mentioning net rankings men at 180 women at 150 saying that's sad i don't know i don't i don't really compare um, net rankings between the men and the women. The women are partially there because they played a tougher non-conference schedule, and maybe that's where the sad part comes in, I guess. Uh, but also, the women have been better in conference play. Uh, it they're they're one bid conferences, so net rating to me. We really- made
2: the tourney last year on, on the women's, w- side, on yeah. the women's <laughs> side, and they weren't looking good heading into that tournament. Right? They they were resilient, so like net ratings are are fine, but. You could still do really well, and they did last year. So I, I think that's worth mentioning.
1: Yeah. Uh, that also says men's practice today. Anyone who shoots and misses a three shoots ten free throws. Make it fun. They do. Maybe not in shoot around. Well, shoot around. It's a it's a competition. They split it into two teams, mm-hmm. and I think it's like the first to first team to make ten free throws in a row. I think is what that's how they end practice hmm. um, during or shoot around. In regular practices, they have drills on shooting three-pointers, and they hit a target. Um, and that target has led sometimes to, hey, where do we go eat team dinner? If, they, if they've if they got, like, uh, a team goal of where they want to have a team dinner at some point on the road, you got to hit a target of such-and-such such in such-and-such such time. You hit that, uh, let's say, your, your team dinner on an off-night's cheesecake factory or something there you like go. that. Um, so there are things that they do try to, you know, attach something fun to it, um, a goal that may not necessarily be uh, related to basketball. Um, you know, but I, I guess how
2: different does does this feel? I don't know. Um, when you're playing light and you're playing free, regardless of sport, you always play better.
1: Yeah, true. Uh, text her from the 291. Enough already concerning Hawaii's men's team. Hearing you too is like hearing a broken record. Same old story. Um, sorry. Everybody's talking about it, and uh, I'm <laughs> no, sorry. You if You don't if, have to apologize, yeah, man. If, if um, you're tired of it, there are about 15 different people who aren't, and uh, if that means you leave, then there are about 14 or 15 other people who still want to figure out what's wrong with this basketball team. So, hey, uh, that's on you. Uh, one more here from the seven three five. Uh, well, a couple here from the seven three five. Doesn't matter if it's defense or offense flaws. The big picture is the sink is shipping. <laughs>
2: Backpack. <laughs> now you get it. Liz is like, wait, wait, hold on. I'm reading what the text says. It's not for me. All I can think about is like a kitchen sink out at sea. now. <laughs> I. All I'm thinking right now is someone delivering a sink from Home Depot
1: uh the the text literally says the big picture is the sink is shipping now we all know it should be the ship is sinking um hey just having fun with you from the 650 we've stayed afloat with middle of the pack and one and out for eight years and now the ship is actually sinking got it right the second time stagging for eight years of recruiting player development non-conference scheduling attendance and winning when it counts equals big west tournament Uh, Also says, we talk about we have a good chance against Cal Poly just because they have no wins in the Big West. But outside of record, Cal Poly is competing better than us now. And that's to your point, Hunter. I mean, that is we've talked about throughout records for the most part. Um, Cal Poly struggled offensively, and that's why they lost on Thursday. Um, But I recall even last year, last year, Cal Poly was not very good. And they were close with Hawaii. I remember that game in San Luis Obispo at the Mott Center last year. That was not a runaway game for Hawaii by any stretch. So um, you can't take those games lightly, lightly. UC Riverside was a close game that Hawaii was able to pull out, but UC Riverside's been a tough team, so you, you throw out records, of course. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, goal. The goal is obviously to get to, to win the Big West. It's hard every year to do that, but this was the year... That, that goal was supposed to come through, for, uh, come to fruition. Or at least have a shot. Yes. Um, or at least get to the conference semis. Not, you know, right now where they are potentially um, in a position where they might miss it, which is hard. Um, Text from the 208. Gannat said he figured it out before the game. Ouch. Some fans say support the coach no matter what. Hey, people who are critical, um, they support the program. I, here's here's my belief, um, and this is not a knock on coaches. Uh, I'm a believer in supporting the program. Supporting the program as a, as a whole includes the student-athletes because the student-athletes are the ones that are you know, doing a whole bunch of things other than just playing the games. Um, I'm a believer in even if you are critical, you are still supporting the program in general. And... I enjoy the fact, as frustrating as it can be, I enjoy the fact that so many people have been texting in and calling in and being critical because it means this fan base is not lost yet. They care. Attendance may be down, and that you cannot argue. Um but the people who are still, you know, just flooding the shows today with their opinions shows me that the fan base still cares and they want it, um, and they want us talking about it. <laughs> yeah, except for that one guy, and uh, you know, and, and and it's still strong. The feeling is still strong around this program, and and that uh, that means there's support around the program, but also it means they want to see that program better. Absolutely. Uh, let's give away our final pair of tickets for Hawaii basketball against Cal Poly for tomorrow night at seven o'clock. Uh, you can be caller number. Uh, we'll do five here. At 808-296-1420. That's how we'll give away those tickets for uh, Rainbow Warrior Basketball. Let's first do our M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Moving Hawaii into the future. A Pac-12 game that next year will be an ACC game. Stanford at Cal. I know, weird, right? That's wild. Uh, Yeah. Stanford's up on Cal. I think it's 34-27 there in the first half. And a bunch of scoring today uh, in the NBA. Luka Doncic hits 73 on 25 of 33 shooting, eight threes made, goes 15 of 16 from the free throw line. A 73 and 10 night. The Mavs hold off the Hawks 148 to 143 in this game. And the note on that, that he is the fourth player in NBA history to reach the 73-point uh, plateau along with Kobe Bryant, Wilt Chamberlain, and uh, David Thompson. But he wasn't the only one who was scoring a bunch of points. Uh... You had uh, Devin Booker in Phoenix, who scored 62 today. Um, But the Suns lost 133-131 at Indiana. Uh, The Pacers are without Ty Halliburton. That's a bad loss, even though Booker scored 62. Uh, That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Always on the move. Traffic here. Final words next. All right, uh, final words. Game night is coming up next. Hunter, go for it.
2: So within the last year, we've had four different players score, uh, score 70 points in the NBA. Uh, Donovan Mitchell did it last January against Chicago. Uh, he had 71. Uh, Damian Lillard had 71 uh, last February against Houston. Obviously, this past week, we saw Joel Embiid get 70. And then tonight, Doncic. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is good for the league, man. Yeah. Games over 50 are supposed to be a big deal. And this is 20 more points over that. They got to start allowing a little bit more fouling. I think as Paul Pierce said on the X platform a little while ago, I miss
1: defense. Yeah. I mean, scoring is great, but scoring better go along with people watching in droves. Women's college basketball
0: outdrew the NBA on TNT yesterday. Let that sink in. We'll see you Monday game night next.